Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wiseman's Here podcast. I nearly said welcome back there, but you've been here for the last couple of weeks <laughs> in my absence. I wasn't sure if you were going to just knock me down the uh, pecking order a little bit, Gareth, when I came back in. Well, you've the never hierarchy really been, had, had been never destroyed. Really been. You think you're I'm in t- a No, I'm talking, level. I'm just purely talking from the vocal point of view. What do you mean? I like don't leading know. the show. I don't All know right, leading. Is that what you do, is it? Well, no. We'd have to like ease you back in. Bring you, bring you on like no, halfway I was just, through. I, was just, I just had this like vision. Pre-season. I just had this vision. Gareth was going to say. Um, this is this is my gig now. You, you'll speak when you're spoken to. You did listen to them, didn't you? I did, of course, I did, and they were, and they were very good as well. All right, um, thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I did get accused of seeing a dad thing actually when I was when I was away. Was it? This sounds like a funny story. Not really, <laughs> Stephen. Not funny really. stories. It was just when you know on on, on your honeymoon and you you think nothing's going to change, but then uh, my uh, wife accused me of seeing something that your dad would say in a restaurant. What? Because he, right, the, 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 the waiter came over and he says, are you finished with that with the food? And I, was, I still had my glass of wine there. And I said, I'm finished, with, I'm finished with that, but don't take my wine away or something. And she just like went, that's, um, that's such a yadar thing to say. Yeah, it's Is not it? like the worst offence, <laughs> but it, it's what? a little bit hard. I'm not finished my drink. Please don't take it away. <laughs> no, well, I'm guessing I, he was I, never implying that he was going to no, take he the wasn't. drink away. It was me just trying to be banterific. Uh, and exactly. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Love drinking me. Didn't you really could have got, 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 got any more, like, got any more. I should have done. Is this free? I mean, that's a thing that Dad says. Isn't if, there, if there are any first-time listeners now, they'll be wondering who all these people are and what they're talking about. I guess so. We, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do the formal uh, intros anymore, do we? <laughs> um, but thank you to Gareth Barker for, um, for leading things so along well, while I wasn't here. Well, all right. Oh, don't don't be so. Well, what's the matter? Very it's modest. It's embarrassing. I know. Well, no, it's just like it's been I'm doing it for like four years. It's not like I'm just pink. you know. I'm not like. Uh, <laughs> I'm just worried about you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, just want to make sure your confidence is up. Yeah, Rory, follow, Rory follows here as well. You can hear his voice in the background. Also being aware to exotic locations. Yeah. yeah. Watch the match in a hotel. The derby match rather in a hotel reception. <laughs> on me horn with a bag of cans. <laughs> it was quite good actually. It was like really stuttery. The stream I had in the first half. And then I just went on like a different website, you know, you've got to, like click all the pop-ups and get mm. them off. Like there were still loads of them up, and the, but the sound was on. All I got was, and of course James Vaughan missed a couple in pre-season, so I was like, oh, we got a penalty, and I was like frantically clicking them, and yeah. then it was like the cheer went up. Like closed live Jasmine down really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched. I don't, it, uh, I don't care if there's any hot singles in the area right now. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it in a bar with it without sound, which is always interesting because you don't mm. have the commentators to sort of. Uh, Swear your opinion in any way, so I was kind. Of, it's interesting. That I'll get get it in a little bit. What what what? How other fans were viewing it who were at the game, or, or you know, to how I saw it um, through the telly without sound, which I thought was quite interesting. And one player in particular, uh, Gavin Henderson from Rock Report, is with us as well. Evening, evening indeed. Um, I did make a couple of notes actually from afar, and because I was detached from it a little bit, and it's interesting because I'm not. You know, in it as much as you are, where you're reading every single thing about Sunderland every day and stuff. And my general, uh, you know, general impression I got is that, and this is not, you know, having Sunday's win to sort of back me up in hindsight or anything. As David Moyes destroyed the Sunderland fan base so much that people were so pessimistic about the upcoming season because I think people were being 
really harsh on the squad and underestimate and how good that squad is at this level personally Celtic game did a lot do that well I was going to mention the Celtic game as well I was going to say you know did anybody ever think when that game was announced that it was going to go well I didn't think it would go that bad. That was <laughs> maybe not. That was I a Diag- that was a Diago Murray. That's a real Sunderland badge, actually. <laughs> so I didn't think it would go that I bad. I definitely detached myself from from things well, that day. I didn't expect to get off the metro and be like enter a war zone, yeah. which is what it was like. I, you didn't. Were nah. you too young for the Rangers game a few yeah. years ago? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't. I didn't expect. Did that. you not? Yeah, no, no. Well, you know, they think they're doing the right thing by cancelling all all, all the concerts of Sunderland and have a friendly game, and I think they've just just totally misread that situation personally anyway was that a good thing to set the game happened a bit of a wake up call it's better than happening in the league where you lose points well it led to Darren Gibson yeah. going on a drunken mm-hmm. rant which seems to have united the, the side it's like I put a tweet out yesterday saying in like 50 years time when my grandkids are saying so how did we win the Champions League in 2018 it'll be like well it all started when Darren Gibson went out and started <laughs> Use some more colourful language, yeah. but start insulting Lamine Corner and that tweet, that, that tweet obviously didn't get enough attention because he's bringing it to yeah. the ah, attention. Quite good, it? Actually, if you want to go back and retweet yeah. that, at Rory <laughs> oh, feel free to. But I, w- I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have brought it up if the numbers weren't good. Because then, <laughs> yeah. then what am I bragging about? See, mm. you would have been announced as the guy who put that tweet out, Rory Fallow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Before we get on to the Norwich game specifically, um, just. Adding and, and, and building on what I said there about about this squad because people are saying, don't get me wrong, right? Because people, yeah, I get uh, get a lot of abuse on Twitter, surprisingly, from people who say that I'm a, I'm a short backer, early short backer, and all that stuff, <laughs> and I have backed them more than others. I'm as frustrating as other people that we haven't had more of the Jordan Pickford money to to reinvest in the squad. Martin Bain said we won't get all of it to spend. I, I didn't think you would mean less than ten percent or, or bordering on ten percent. I'm glad, however, we're not going and spending ridiculous amounts of money like Newcastle did. Look at the situation there and now. They have players on four-year contracts that can't get off the books. But my point as well is, think about some of these players. How much would it cost one of these sides, for example, who's like Wolves or, or Forest, who are splashing the cash, to go and sign someone like Catamol and Dong? How much would those two in particular cost them? Quite a few million quid, wouldn't it? Hmm. Kasri Kone at the minute, you don't think so? I think when you look at what Wolves have spent Oviedo on... cost us five million quid last yeah. season. You look, you look at what Wolves have spent on like some of the Portuguese lads have brought in 13 million, 14 million. Maybe Wolves you wasn't think... a great example, but yeah. we, what I mean is we, you know, we've got a stronger starting point, I think. I don't, I don't think there'd be any point in selling the player like Catmull, because what would you get for him? Could you replace what he brings for what you'd get for him? Probably not. Yeah, it's, not, mean, like, it's not like Kasri, who's not in the team anyway, yeah. and players are doing his, his job, or at least performing well enough where the sale wouldn't be missed I don't think we can still apply that to corner because I think we're still a bit light defensively but in terms of splashing the cash I mean Grayson mentioned it yesterday when you get McGeady for 250 grand what is there to worry about hmm. I mean it's an interesting point actually about how much would Katamola or Undong actually cost in, in this market I know things have moved on a bit but you know it's, it's fair to say I mean we, we kind of said Back end of last season, that we felt, you know, Catamol and Dong in the championship would be a force to be reckoned with, and I think the first few games have definitely proven that. Not only those two, but I think generally we all did agree that in the championship, the the strength and depth that we'd have in that position would yeah. would probably surpass most others. We got McNair to yeah. come back, mm-hmm. you know, Gibson's shown himself to be more than decent in there. Um, Rodwell's obviously available when fit, so there's options there, you know, and there's a lot to be positive about, I guess that kind of proves mm. your point. I think it's just, in certain areas you look strong, but you kind of don't think about that, you think, well, we're going to have no strikers, because mm. we didn't have any, because DeFord gone, you know, we're going to, is going to be away, that would be the way you were thinking, O'Shea, obviously out of contract, so you probably, your default position was probably, oh no. And because you haven't spent the money, again, people attribute lots of money equals good players. Sunderland fans should know a lot better than that, yeah, given exactly. the dross that we've had over mm. the years. It's 11 million on players who we don't own anymore. And in the championship yeah. as well, it's about using the loan market cleverly. It's what Huddersfield did last season. Out of the new signings, okay, like we mentioned McGeady's transfer fee before, but you'd argue Graben and Browning have been the two most important players, both on loan. You know, Browning. The argument with these loan players is always that, oh, they do really well, then you don't sign them permanently. But in the case of Browning, you've got a young player who's just really hungry to prove himself on loan, similar to Johnny Evans a few years ago. So 
worst situation is, he does really well, then goes back at the end mm. of the season, maybe breaks into the Everton first team or whatever. And, you know, with Graben, given his age and that he's always been a player who floats around the Championship lower half of the Premier League, any, Premier League anyway, maybe if we do, I don't know, no matter what happens at the end of the season, but say we do want to take a bit of a risk on signing them, it's probably not going to be that big a fee. Like We're probably not going to have our pants pulled down with it. And you'd have a player coming in who you'd know what you're getting from. You know how he fits into your team, especially if the ma- it's the same manager who's employing the same kind of system. So it's not about just splashing the cash, but being clever with mm. with us. We'll not, even if that's actually buying a player permanently or just bringing them in on loan. It's nice that there seems to be some thought going into it as well. Grayson keeps on saying that he's trying to bring the right personalities to the club and stuff now. It's an easy soundbite to make, isn't it, when you're trying to, you're a new manager, you're trying to impress fans. But we've said on this show lots and lots and lots of times, not enough thought goes into transfer, transfers, where these players are going to fit into your team, what kind of person they are. So it's good that that's happening now. Vaughan in particular, uh, I, I actually haven't seen him live yet, right? But I've only seen him on the telly because I've been away. I know I've getting criticised for that before, haven't I? Mentioned that I didn't go to the games and stuff. Um, he split opinion after the Derby game. I, followed, I, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting um, because... Clearly, you can see he's not Premier League standard. For example, he's quality. His touch lets him down sometimes. But he's a shit house, isn't he? And we we haven't had one yeah, of those. We haven't had one of those for up front for ages. And he like, he chases defenders down. He's in the ear all the time. He's in the ref's ear all the time. He's putting himself about. A lot of people have have, have commented saying he, he needs a goal. Um, or he could go on a drought. If it was Premier League, I'd be worried about that. I think there's enough crap in this division that he, he'll be all right, and the goal will come soon enough, personally. Mm. Uh, and I'm not going to fault to watching him play. Somebody who's just who puts everything in. I mean, he's a bit of a a bit of a donkey, really, in that he does the donkey he does the donkey work, but he doesn't look like he looks like he's got like. I don't, I'm trying to think of a player who worked really hard up front for us. Um, Danny Graham? <laughs> no, that's not that's not him. He's kind of got like the finishing of like Altidore, but like the graft of like of Kevin Kyle, like of Kevin I th- I Bay, think like that's what Kevin could Ball be. or something. Could be yeah, this like, season. Yeah. like people forget Kyle was quite good for us before well, he's he got his injury. Goals, yeah, didn't exactly. He? And we're talking about his goals. I think if he's winning flick-ons for grabbing like that, I mean, just get that beautiful Route One Championship football mm. into my eyes every week. It was. Oh, I just like, said eyes. It was just yeah. like honestly, give us that. I don't want any like not like Norris trying to play it out from the back. I want a long ball up front, a big striker to flick it on, and then quick striker to finish it. Did if it, he's winning those flick ons, I think that's as good as a goal. I think he's he'll think I'm doing my job there. And the fact that he ran the whole length of pitch to foul someone as well that was just exactly beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. Do you not think like I went sort of into the game after the initial you know positive after. Uh, the first game and then positive again after the the Bury game but still had that kind of feeling in my stomach where I was get so used to going into oh, every yeah. game expecting to lose and it almost takes like 10 minutes of a game for you to go oh that's actually it's alright isn't it like we're not we're more than capable of matching this team and even early on they they did push on a bit more Norwich but didn't really have anything I didn't think going forward it, it was all in front and it was interesting I thought the pressing was very much when they got into our half so we weren't pressing them because I thought we talked about on the, on the show in the week and commented on Twitter about I was interested to see a team that plays out across the back whether it would be tempted to just try and get right in the faces and force some errors but they didn't they let them sort of play higher up yeah. the pitch and when, when they got into the final well got into the middle middle of our half it was like that was when Don came into play and he was like right I'm in your face I'm snapping at your heels yeah. you had you know like Vaughan dropping in and you know people getting tight and the amount of interceptions that people like uh, and Dong made at, at times when the ball was rattling around and you look at again second balls kind of Simon Grayson kept on going on and on about how second balls are important He's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, look how how many second balls are on the championship. I do think sometimes maybe we've been drawn into like drawn down to teams' levels in I don't like it when players are in space and they start heading the ball into north to nowhere just to get rid of it mm-hmm. when they're under no pressure. And and Dong is someone who has kind of started to do that a little bit, whereas before he'd bring it down and in under under no pressure. I'd like to see us settle a bit more and just keep it. If, if that was one criticism of, of players, I'd like to see them just show actually we're better than that. We can get the ball down, and 
in, in terms of you know players we brought in, we've talked about grabbing and we hardly feels like we've hardly talked about the Norwich game, but scored twice, three times. Well, well twice, <laughs> kind of. twice at the week. Well, twice <laughs> at the weekend. I mean, and yeah, so do I. He was, yeah, he was one where I was like, you know, there's a player who's gone for a lot of money, really, who hasn't never really done anything, and surprised how good of a player he looks. Like yeah. I kind of look and go out and see why somebody might think. His positioning's so good, isn't it? Like he's just yeah. always in the right areas. Like yeah. as good as a cross, McGeady made for that ridiculous third goal. ball in that is from that angle. Yeah. But he's he's got to be on the end of that, and the fact as yeah. well for the first goal, he's got to be making the right kind of run to not just mm. beat the defender but beat the offside trap. And in the derby game, he was creating chances. And actually against Norwich, he probably should have got a hat trick. Yeah. Well, a hat trick at the yeah. right end when yeah, he, the he put that one over the bar. Yeah, he's just got that knack of right place, right time, which isn't which isn't luck. That's Having a football brain, that's being clever, that's being a good striker. His moving for his header was, was excellent because yeah. he started very deep and moved. He just pulled off the yeah. back of the whole defence, not just one defender. He just ran into the space in the behind and brilliant ball in. Were these, were these the, um, players that he's bringing in, though? A lot of them are. It's kind of their last chance, isn't it? And in, in, in many ways of making it at a big club, going into the Premier League. Um, <clears throat> certainly, Grabben has had a bad few years and really needs to make this move work mm. because if it doesn't he goes back to Bournemouth with his tail between his legs and probably settles again for a lower championship team who aren't going to amount to much I think I think uh, with him Vaughan um, McGeady certainly Steele even because there's a player who dropped into League One this is their last big opportunity really probably the last big contract in football even though they're on loan some of them um, and they've, they've got to make this work so you're going to see that throughout the season I think with a manager like Grayson who is famed for getting a lot out of players who were in that rut. He's, he done it with McGeady last year. McGeady said it's the most he's ever enjoyed football. He fell back in love with it at Preston. You've got to think, well, if you can do it to McGeady, who's really not got off and run in England ever until he until he played under Grayson, who else can he do it with? Mm. What a strike that was for the yeah. goal as well. Oh, yeah. no, well, it's, it's use of McGeady no back, in, in general, no isn't it? And, 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 Gal, and Gal's saying now he's, he's fallen in love, uh, back in love with the game and stuff. That's because he's been given freedom and he's not... He hasn't got a manager who's hell-bent on, on, on him tracking back all the time and doing all those kind of things. Now, the work rate of Vaughan and Graben appears that that allows that to happen as well. And because you, you, as well, you couldn't you couldn't, really have, you couldn't really have more than one. I don't want to say a luxury player, it's cliche, but it's kind of like, you know you know where I'm coming yeah. from when I say that. And we've had players in the past, like Alvarez and even Johnson, to an extent where people haven't really known how to deal with those players and they stick them on the wing. And, and, and nothing really happens, mm-hmm. and it seems like Gav said there, McGeady's career's been a bit like that before. Right. Before Grayson got hold of him, so it's a very important thing. It also excites you to think what we could be like when Watmore comes back from injury, yeah. because at the moment we've got sort of two forwards running about, but that gives you the option of going three again and having yeah. McGeady on one side. Watmore, McGeady flanking, flanking, and, grabbing, and Oviedo back in that left back. Because I, I would say our weak link's probably been our left back. Uh, I'm surprised by that. I think he's. I'm I think, I think he's a he's a grafter like, but I don't think he's a left back. I think he's a centre half playing out of position. Mm. I don't see. Uh, he always look. I've like. watched him well, for. I watched him for Everton left back, and I was I was always quite impressed yeah, with him. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he, he's struggling a bit. I think he works hard, and I think he he definitely you can see him buying into what's going on. I just don't think he's particularly great where he is, and it might be interesting to see how our left-hand side looks with Oviedo behind McGeady, just to see what we're like going forward, if it gives us a little bit something extra, you know, because I think, I think Galloway, I'm not sure what he is good at, I'm, I'm maybe giving him an excuse and out there saying he may, he's maybe a centre-half playing out of position, I'm, I'm, I don't know, he's, just, mm. he's, he's a bit cumbersome and not particularly... He might grow into it though, oh, I mean, I even Alonso, his first couple of games, I'm not saying he's going to go onto those no. sort of standards, but even Alonso's first, I remember El Mohamedy one game, tearing a new one for Alonso, one of his first games for us, and, and of course, yeah. you know, he just needed a bit of time to bet in, I guess. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off yet, I just think, you know, I wonder what it'd be like having a more attacking fullback behind McGeady, who can just get past him and maybe create a bit more. It would be interesting because we, we do look really solid defensively. I think, especially like seeing the, the forwards tracking back, takes the pressure off the flanks. I guess that's Where, not something you, you thought know. you'd see after that Celtic game, is it? We yeah. look solid well, defensively. All, all pre-season we conceded goals, didn't we? Mm. We had a, I, I kind of had a little bit of a flutter yesterday when they got that one back because in pre-season we did seem to have this sort of habit of you know doing all right and then all of a sudden letting the team back in the game and then it was mm. like being peppered and then they get within one goal of us and. It doesn't look as comfortable as it should be, but the, I know Norwich at the post as well, so it could have been 3-2 and then Pete Wree would have been 
scratching the heads. But I, I think 3-2, I know you'll read a lot of Norwich fans talking about the possession and the corners and all that. They were over the moon. But well, I mean, right, right. You, and, and and going back off when you were speaking to the Norwich guests when I listened to the show uh, last week, and they've definitely brought in a manager who's trying to change the philosophy yeah. a little bit, a bit like when Poyet came to us in a way, maybe. And it's like the possession football; these things take time to work. But if that's not your style, automatically, which is not with us, you'll be idiotic not to go there and let them have the ball, mm. and because they're going to have teething problems. So you're going to go and let them have the ball and counter-attack them you know, when, when the timing's right, and let them have the ball in the right in, in, in areas that can't hurt you. And for, for people to say, oh, I'm worried about lack of possession, that, to me, that, that's bizarre. That, I think, I that's think bizarre. Why on earth would you try, if that's what they're building towards specifically, why would you go there and try and beat mm. them? In, in the possession Ra- stuff, you just wouldn't do it. Rather than being worried about the lack of possession, I'm just really happy about how clinical we were. Yeah. How many five shots on target, I think? Five or six, and you know, three of them are going in. Um, and obviously, like a lot of other close chances. We need well. to make more, though, because remember oh, when, oh, we when, do, we do. when Fletcher first came and he, everything, he, <laughs> everything he hit was going in, wasn't it? We were cl- literally creating like one shot a game. And he was scoring them, though, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. In, but if you, know, you compare that with Norwich, who yeah. went steel wasn't really tested yesterday, even when they started. Pushing on, apart from that, when he made the save where they hit the post, I think he had nine. I think we had nine attempts. And I think they had thirteen. But so there you go. Not, but they, they're going to have a problem. I think Norwich, if they don't reinforce the forward line, in, in they need pace because they've got no change up when when they're playing the ball around. There's no like boom, like all yeah, of a sudden yeah. they go bang bang, and that's. They've made use of that ball. They've moved people around, and all of a sudden, there's a quick move. Someone gets a, a runner goes in behind, and the problems occur. There was just no, no thrust. So it was like, well, yeah, we'll just sit off you, and then you'll give the ball away eventually, and then people will start getting frustrated because nothing's happening, and nothing did happen for Norwich. I didn't think they had a little spell at the start, 15 minutes in the second half after we were three 0 up, and that was it. I mean, it was so comfortable, and you know, it was just nice to. Watch a game and going, no, we're actually at this level, you know, we're a pretty decent team. And, and that's against one of the sides as well, and, especially yeah. at home, one of the best in the, well, been more the, people, best in the division. There'll have been more people tipping Norwich to go up than oh, tipping Sunderland definitely. to go up this season. And Derby. And, and you know, yeah. we were the better side, I thought. Yeah, over, over yeah. the 90 minutes. And well, maybe it kept working out for them because, like I say, I've been surprised there hasn't been more like puffing out of the chest and saying, you know, at this level we've got, we've got a good team. And I, I was a bit worried about the lack of self confidence and. Like everybody else, when Derby scored, you, you worry and think they're gonna, <laughs> the floodgates might open up here. I think every single Sunderland fan, you wouldn't be a Sunderland fan unless you thought that when that happened. Yeah. But maybe this is a better way if people are going to underestimate us a little I bit. I think it's the fact that they can just see a team that's really grafting as well. That'll, you know, We're going to have difficult runs in the season, difficult games, whatever, but if they see that team really working hard, working for a game plan, working for each other, you know, we've got a bit of flair in there with McGeady as well. It's not just all... Know, trying to grind out a one nil or whatever. I think if they see that work rate, any shortcomings will be forgiven. Really, mm. you know, you, I know you can't do that forever. That's why quality comes through though, as well. Like, like oh, I yeah. mentioned, winning the second balls, and that's what fans want yeah, to see. Yeah, People exactly. winning second balls and stuff. And if Catamol and Dong are on the game like that, they're, yeah. they're going to dominate a lot of games. And, that, and that's why players like Vaughan, even if he does go on that bit of a goal drought, he'll probably get a bit of leeway because. We're not getting carried away with all this, are we? No, no. no, Last season when we beat Bournemouth and then we beat Hull 3 now, we were like, (laughs) we've turned it round and Nietzsche be his god, he's came, he's going to save everything. uh, If you go back to those two midfielders and their contribution getting the ball back, if you look at the build-up to the the corner for the goal, was a nice ball with the outside of the foot by Catamol and McGeady, then McGeady first-time ball to set the goal up. And Mm. and just before that, actually, McGeady made a... Lovely run, he beat about yeah. two men before he like put a cross in that they had to put and behind. A, and cut them all again, quick thinking on a free kick in the first half, yeah. where Honeyman probably should have got a bit, little definitely. bit of a heavier contact on the ball, and it's it's two nil. Um, and because he at that level again, cut them all will be one of the standout midfielders in the division without a doubt. He's, he's Com- never played at that level. No. He's only ever been a Premier League midfielder, so he should exactly. he should be really comfortable at this level. Obviously, it's about well, keeping he fit, isn't he? I mean, he looks... Yeah. I mean, actually, the point on the fitness... Um, Grayson's protecting him, I think. Th- th- it's interesting, yeah. I thought, you know, the, the overall fitness of the team, because I thought against Derby, we just... After 60 minutes, it was almost like we just went completely flat and people were talking about the ch- make the change, make the change, and he didn't, and he let them just go through. And I thought they got through 20 minutes and then they, they came again. It's almost like since then, it, it almost feels like maybe that was 
that was the wall. Like mm-hmm. they built up all through mm-hmm. pre-season. Maybe Corny hit his a bit earlier against Celtic. I know he got some criticism for that, but to be fair, if you're physically exhausted because you've played so many minutes in pre-season, you know it, it can happen. So maybe they did just hit the wall in that game, and then they've come through it. And because I, I thought yesterday they looked very, very strong. I think Honeyman yeah, looked really sharp. Looks is in, looks a lot more. He's muscular. He, he looks a lot like he's a small lad, yeah. but he just looks a lot more, you know, well mm. built, and he looks lean. Yeah. And the same after he scored against Berry, he was knackered, and he was still yeah. charging around yeah. trying to win tackles. I think I think the the goal gave him his second wind, yeah. mm. and he really went for it. But I guess that's indicative of obviously what Grayson wants from this team. He wants the players to to run themselves into the ground, and if that means giving a couple of young players who know what it's about a chance, then he will. Um, and obviously. I think Honeyman's performance the last two games gives hope to some of the other lads who are hanging around that under-23s team. Um, I was there Friday, two of the ones who've been there a while, Beadlin and uh, Ethan Robb, absolutely fantastic, with Grayson watching. And you kind of just wonder, you know, does that give them some hope um, that they might get a chance eventually? Because, you know, if we're as skint as we assume we are, it could get to the point during the season where one of them has to play some football. We're also in a situation where, where at the moment, Honeyman knows he's got Kasri's behind him and he's got uh, what more to come back. Hmm. Competition. Yeah. There's a lot of competition yeah. there. So, you know, there's competition probably, apart from centre-back, you'd probably say there's pretty firm competition all over the pitch yeah. and up front. Four goalkeepers, two left-backs. Three right backs. Mm. Well, I wanna, we're, we're pretty well stocked. At this I want to speak about transfers, in, incoming and outgoings. Uh, next, we're going to speak about Sheffield Wednesday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. great arena to go and play and uh, our players have got to hopefully embrace it again and and uh, put on another good performance. We'll pick a team regardless of uh, what's played the previous weekend to, to try and win the game and it's like this morning you have to make sure that the lads who didn't play yesterday do enough work to, that they, they're possibly in contention for, for Wednesday night. If it's not Wednesday they do the preparation on Thursday ready to be involved for the Leeds game and uh, that's all you have to keep working. All the players have to be ready because uh, they never know when they're going to be picked just because we've won on Sunday doesn't mean we'll keep the same team, play the same shape um, so the other lads need to be ready to perform and go into the team. That was Simon Grayson there talking about playing at Hillsborough this week. It's nice as championship fixture lock, Gareth, isn't it? Because it means we can do we can go back to doing the podcast yeah, yeah. where half the shows the uh, preview games, and the other ones the review. So that's good. Um, we are going to talk now to Steve Wamsley from War of the Monster Truck, which is a fanzine representing Sheffield Wednesday fans. Good to have you on, Steve. Can you tell us a little bit about your start of the season? Um, well. Uh, Preston in the first game, we were absolutely awful, dire. <laughs> Worse, we've played for a long time. Um, played a bit better on Saturday um, against QPR, um, but um, two mid-table teams probably we thought we should have been doing better against than we have done. So it's been a bit of a disappointing start so far. So, I mean, I, I had read actually that there'd been a little bit of discontent. Um, I don't know if that's just what I've picked up. I, I, was it Forestieri and 
Sam Winnell had a bit of a set to or something and Forestieri was left uh, it, out of the squad. It was reported, yes, in the week that um, Forestieri and Sam Winnell had a bit of going together, um, which it looks like Forestieri must have been the aggressor because he got he was subject to disciplinary sanctions at the weekend and was sat in the stand. Um, so uh, it's uh, another one of the little kind of incidents we've had with, with Forestieri. G- uh, great player, but. Um, um, there's no iron team as they say is there? so um, uh, whether he'll stay I don't quite know but uh, but there's been um, you know, there's been a few rumblings really I think we've had a we've had a kind of flat summer you know there's there was only one signing which was George Boyd that was a free transfer and made a couple of kind of failed attempts to sign uh, a, a centre back. Uh, which we desperately need. I mean, we've got six strikers and two centre-backs, and one of those is um, regularly injured. So um, there's um, there's been a bit of discontent about our kind of mistakes we've made in the transfer market and not really being able to sign a centre-half and strengthen the teams in places where we said we we were going to do. So, um, And I think the, the football last season was... Not like it was in fifteen sixteen. Um, teams kind of found how to come and play against us, really. And the, the head coach probably knows how to play one way, and we've not really found... Uh, um, so our results were all right last season, but a lot of it was grinding out kind of 1-0 wins, um, whereas previously the football at home had been really kind of attractive as well as scoring goals and winning so, so obviously from, um, from the outside from the outside looking in Steve it's always looked like Sheffield Wednesday they're getting closer to getting it right but sort of the, the, the what you're indicating there is that in fact it might be going the other way it's um, it, it's certainly a lot better to being right than it was uh, three four years ago uh, since since Chancery came in and bought the club he's pumped uh, a fair amount of money in um, the squad transformed I think the frustration's been that we've not really had the impact with some of the signings that we thought we would get you know and we're not quite clear who is signing players uh, and for what purpose because we've signed players who've then been discarded um, because they don't fit in with the way the head coach wants to play and now we're in a position where we're up against the limits of financial fair play and we're struggling a bit to sign players that would strengthen the team for the season ahead and it, it, you know, it's very much the same team that we had last season So when you're saying um, Sheffield Wednesday the, the, the sort of only play one way, is that possession football? Yes, yes it, it's very much possession football and um, we can play at a really high tempo at times and when they do play that possession football and play at high tempo, they can be very dangerous. But quite often, we don't play at a high tempo, so it's quite easy for teams to come to Hillsborough, stick eight and nine men behind the ball and just wait to play on the break, and we don't know how to break it down. And that was quite often the problem last season, hence we, we might just win 1-0 or 2-1 or mm-hmm. something, whereas the season before, when Calario was... Yeah, when the squad probably wasn't as strong, um, the football was more attractive and uh, we scored more goals. I tell you what, that brought a smile to everybody's face in the studio <laughs> here when we mentioned possession football. Um, yeah. I mean, we're going to come to the guys in the studio. I mean, we don't want to get carried away with ourselves because we're wasting for this. It's a tiny, I would say the bubble burst, it's a tiny little bubble, isn't it? And we're, we're waiting for it to burst, but certainly we, we've just went out and won a game by playing against a side like that. Yeah, a team who wanted to. Just dominate us really, and we sat back and took our chances. So that that does sound good. Um, I would just like to ask something actually. The, the Sunderland lads you've got there, Ross Wallace, uh, Stephen Fletcher, both used to play for us. I was just wondering, do you think they'll play? I'm Kieran Westwood. Uh, Kieran Westwood, yeah, of course, yeah. I'm Kieran Westwood. Uh, Kieran Westwood will definitely play if he's probably our most valuable player. Um, one of the reasons why we had such a good defensive record last season was. Westwood uh, behind the defence so he will definitely play um, good 
chance Stephen Fletcher will play. Uh, he didn't play on Saturday because he played just against Chesterfield in a week, but got a knock, so he didn't play. So there's a good chance I think he might play. Um, and there's always a chance Ross Wallace will play. He's, he's one of Cavaliel's favourites, so he's quite often in the team. I liked all so of those players. Good chance players, you might see all I liked all those players. I'll be honest. I mean, Fletcher sort of mm. towards the end wasn't great, but Ross Wallace was always popular. But yeah, when, I, it seemed Roy Keane sort of got rid of him quite harshly. I thought he didn't give him much of a yeah. chance in the Premier League. He, did play, he? he played left back for mm. the start of the season and kind of just faded out the team. And West he? and Westwood, a lot of people preferred Westwood over Miglinley, if I remember rightly. As yeah. well. I think Westwood side, lost so. his place because he he got ill um, or he had a bit of a cold and. He wouldn't play against Wigan, and um, Simon Minnelli just had a. Well, he was just coming back from a broken nose um, that he suffered. I think it was Emil Esky smashed his face in, and yeah. and uh, he came back with this mask on. And I think after that, O'Neill was like, right, well, if if he's willing to play with a a smashed face, then if you've got a bit of a cold, then mm. I can rely only rely on one. And after that, I think that was when he was uh, sent away. That's but great memories, that Gareth. I've got to yeah, say. I think, he played under De Canio, didn't he? Because he played in the game, well, and under Poyer. He yeah, played in the he did, game yeah. where Barini scored when he beat Newcastle. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did. But I can't remember what prompted Minone to come in ahead of Westwood. Because oh, I think injured. he left no, he got injured. Season. He got injured. He got um, a knee in the back from Paul McShane at Hull. I remember that. Detailed memory. I was in there yeah. two uh, men. Oh, yeah, because that was Minone's debut. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, sorry, we've digressed I, I, yeah. there. <laughs> are, you, are you confident no, for no, the. No, you, he, is a, he can be a bit fragile at times, um, physically. He does get, he does suffer from knocks, but he is clearly the best keeper. Um, I, I think he's one of the best keepers in the Championship, and he's the best keeper we've had for a good while. Are you confident for the game, Steve? Am I? Confident. Confident. Yeah. Um, if if we play, if we played like we for twenty minutes against QPR, we played um, as well as we can play. And if we played like that, then I would be. If we play like we did at Preston, um, then I'm not. Um, you'll beat us uh, if we play like we did at Preston. And and this is the problem. Nobody quite knows which sides are going to turn up. Um, we quite often start very slowly. Um, so you won't. You very very rarely see fast-paced games at Hills because we tend to start slowly, and if teams come back and sit in front of us, and it's kind of a bit of a door midfield battle sometimes. Um, but if we play it in a way we can do, then yes, I am confident. Uh, but I've never learned to make predictions. I've learned not never to make predictions about when. I won't ask. I won't ask you for one then. But uh, just yeah. just just quickly. Well, what what's a successful season for you, and do you, and do you think you'll you'll get to that point? Well, on paper, if you look at our squad, if we strengthened um, a couple of areas where we need to strengthen, on paper, we ought to be kind of cha- ought to be trans- uh, challenging for top four, to be honest. Um, but I, I think if we do the playoffs, we'll be okay. I think if we make the playoffs. Play. Um, as it, it looks and feels that that might be a bit of a struggle at the moment on the basis of what we've seen first two games but I, I think if we don't make playoffs I think we'll be disappointed Okay, thanks to Steve there. Now we're going to talk about transfers in Sunderland going forward because I did just mention there that there's very little bubble we've uh, we've we've blown up could could pop quite quickly, so we won't get carried away as Sunderland fans. Uh, first, you're going to have to just bear with us while we plug some stuff, Gareth. Yeah, first thing to plug is the London live show. Still want you to come to that if you live in London, please. Because last time there was like 80 people there and it was mad. So make make. London great again and come to the live show 2nd of September at the Southwark Brewery tickets available for from wisemensay.co.uk with David Priest, uh, excellent commentator um, and journalist um, so yeah come to that right and what's the other one again yeah the, the Peacock <laughs> one yeah so we've got um, a new thing this season so very exciting we're going to be before every home game on a weekend starting with the game against Leeds we're going to be upstairs in the Peacock doing like a basically 
kind of version of this with a bit of a condensed version of live show normally do so a little chat with a, a guest an ex-player or possibly a journalist depending on who's available and there'll um, be a mic to floor walk with yeah well, and then in the second half of that will be the usual sort of Q&A with everybody so if you come um, along with that you can ask your own questions ask your questions and we'll try and get some ex-pros along to, to help us out with it that it won't be uh, recorded um, so it's just on the day it's just like a nice thing to do before the match families are welcome there'll yeah. be drinks they've and got food match day offers. specials on and stuff I've uh, well. and uh, we'll try and put some like nostalgic things on the big screen and all that kind of stuff so just a bit of a different way to to spend the afternoon before the game so keep an eye out on, on our Twitter account and on our website and things like that to uh, yeah to, to see what's going on week in week out but hopefully we'll see a lot of you there on on Saturday for the Leeds game. Okay, indeed. Right now, I want to listen to Simon Grayson now when he was asked about the transfer situation. I think it's pretty much um, as it was. We're, we're talking to clubs, we're trying to make things happen. Um, that's really down to Martin Ben sort of doing all that. He's taking that off away from me because I'm just trying to concentrate on the team and, and try and get results for the club. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in talks. We'd like to sign a few players, but it's... Uh, um, not always that easy given that there's a lot of competition for players and, and other clubs are not a little bit reluctant at times to let one or two players leave. Yes, so this, I mean, a lot of people go on about like the Neymar transfer and stuff like that, but by far the most annoying thing about modern football and transfers is that the transfer deadline is after the start of the season. It drives me crackers when you've got to go in and you don't know what kind of side you're going to have because somebody will come in on the last day of September, uh, on the... Is it the first year? First September. First September, make a stupid offer. But anyway, I think he wants to keep Corner now. Does anyone agree with that? I just sense. I just sense that. Previously, he was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll let him go. But now Corner is actually playing well. He looks like he's, he's, his heart and mind um, is on the job, um, and he would, you know, possibly he's being told what kind of figure he might get for Corner, how much of that he would have to spend on somebody else, and he's, he's thinking, I'd rather not. Thanks. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think. Given our depth at centre half as well, given you know there's there's issues with Corner that we've had for the past year, but let's not forget he's he's a quality defender and he'll stand out massively over the course of the season in the championship. With one to say we get ten million for him, realistically, we're not probably going to be able to spend half that. If you especially if you go off the Pickford money that we've not really been able to spend. Are we going to be able to really replace that? Maybe another loan deal, but that would be our fourth. Yeah, no, we, we we need yeah, permanent ex- signings. Exactly, don't we? exactly. So I don't, I don't think you'll want to you'll want to sell them, but it might be a case of look, give us a year here, maybe, and then let's see what happens down the line. I think he's gone deadline day. I think that's when it's going to go down. I think that we obviously waiting out because we can because we don't have to get rid of him but I just think eh, come deadline day somebody will panic and sign him and we'll 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 sign somebody who wants to be here which I guess uh, although Coney has played well the last few weeks he's still just not the type of character I want around I guess I don't know if Grayson will even as good as he is I don't know I think he's been forced to play him at the minute really and not necessarily forced but he's got to because what's his options really O'Shea it's well, like, I think we should be fine at that level, but you need you know, not every, not two games. Yeah, 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 but yeah. you know, you have to say, <laughs> you know, the, the the way that he he and Browning have have, have worked together mm-hmm. has been excellent. I mean, Browning has been, you know, Preston fans are quite critical of Browning. I know he's full back for them, didn't he? Uh, he's he's been very very good yeah, for yeah. a twenty three year old. It's astonishing how assured and confident yeah. he looks. Breezes through the game, doesn't he? Yeah. Reads it very well. Doesn't seem to yeah, break yeah. sweat. Um, very, you know, very strong. Like in pre, especially at Hartlepool, when he saw him really close there, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a massive. Yeah, yeah. He's a big boy. Like so, yeah. It's um, that. I mean, that's a real positive. And you know, I think what you know what goes on behind the scenes, you don't know, dear. And you know, it's it's we could speculate that based on things that Coney has done before, he, he might be causing a bit of bother, having a bit of a. A twist on, but we don't know what he's like around the training ground. He might be popular. He might, you know, he might leave all that with his agent. Yeah, maybe yeah. be a lot to do with his agent. Yeah, they are infamous. Yeah. The Mackays, exactly, so. and yeah. yeah. So, but you know, we we were more than happy to get involved with them, and when they brought people like Kazri mm-hmm. and and uh, and Doy and and, and Coney in, who all Kazri will go deadline, yeah, yeah because that, that, that that is the kind of. Gav's just said there, but where somebody panicking and Sunderland have done it in the past where. 
they're desperate for players with a little bit of Premier League experience, desperate for somebody who can make something happen, create something, and casually fits into that. And one I've got, no, I've got, yeah, I've got no yeah. doubt one of the like promoter clubs or somebody else yeah. like that will come in and make an offer for Casari on I, deadline day. I don't necessarily disagree as well that, that will happen with Corner, mm-hmm. but I think on the question of does Grayson want them to go? I think he's he's obviously fine with Casri leaving. Yeah. He's playing Honeyman ahead of him, yeah. you know. And, and what more? And what probably more to come yeah, back exactly. As well. That's what yeah. I was going to say. If he had what more, he'd probably be in the team before Casri. Maybe if something doesn't happen and he does stay here, he might he might feature in the team. But I think with Corner, I think he might actively be looking to keep him rather mm-hmm. than with Casri, who he's you know he's mentioned that he's given the transfers to Martin Bain to sort out. Yeah, they've told him get rid of Casri, but. If Corner is going, I want big money and I want to be able to spend the money. So yeah. he might we, be making we, that a bit more difficult for Martin Bain. We hold all the cards. He's got a long contract. Yeah. We get promoted at the end of the season. He's going to be worth a lot more than he is now. So I don't think Grayson's particularly fussed either way. I think if he keeps him, it means he's going to be here till January at least. And he knows he can get a tune out of him because he's seen that with the last two games. But it's, uh, I don't think anybody would be surprised if he left though. Considering we have leads, just quickly to wrap things up, we have leads on... Saturday, um, a lot of games to play in a short space of time. How much do we think we'll freshen it up tonight? There's a, there's a, I guess because we, we could play in a similar way that we played at Norwich. Just going off what Steve was saying there, there would be, there would be um, the temptation to sort of stick with it for this game well, and then freshen it up for Leeds, I wouldn't would, it? I would stick with it for both. I mean, if you yeah. if you're a player and you you're playing and you're winning, you don't want to stop, do you? Just, you'd be like, you going, nah, you'd just be like, yeah. uh, would Catamol play three games in a week like that? Nobody, he, he's bringing them off at the right times, isn't mm. he? So he, you know, he didn't yeah, play against Barry. He came off when the game was won yesterday. That's exactly why, yeah. as well. He, he knows he's got that midweek game coming up with. We do was have three nil at the time when he came off a three yeah. one, but either way, like I say, the game's won. We have options, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've got Rodwell coming back. Gibson, as you say, played well against Barry. It's it's not a big deal if he has to bring Catmull off after an hour, it, you know. Um, provided we're playing well, yeah. obviously. Absolutely, we've got so many options in there that we're going to utilise. And but you know, I think he'd be mad. At, well, I don't think he will change it. I think he'd be mad to change it. And you know, they'll be absolutely flying after yeah. after that performance. So yeah, if, I think it'll bring us back down worth. Well, you know, it, that's what we thought with Norwich. Though, <laughs> and didn't yeah, the possession, the possession thing is a real positive thing because they've played a team just like that days earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like you can just go and replicate. What you would say is, though, Norwich, is, we, we mentioned the teething problems they have, and this is a new identity they're trying to form. Sheffield Wednesday have been going at this for a couple of years now, and they've been decent at it. They've, well, maybe, they've, they've, they've made the playoffs two years in a row. Maybe Sheffield it? Wednesday, maybe they're just coming at the little, like an end of that cycle because they've had the two playoffs they haven't they haven't gone up yeah, and now exactly. there might be there's a little bit of a malaise now where maybe they might be thinking if results don't pick up or we after ten games if we're not where we want to be then maybe we'll have to look at changing ha- things. Haven't haven't won a league game yet. Yeah. You know they've still got that disappointment from losing the playoff final about their minds players falling out in front of a home crowd who are going to be expecting them to score an early goal. I just think it all plays in our hands Definitely. if I'm honest. Yeah if we if, if we can we just know what happens yeah. when things play in our hands though don't we? True. <laughs> we drop them. We drop it. Yeah. <laughs> we drop our hands. We don't drop what's in yeah. the hands our hands drop off. The, yeah the, speaking of the the game obviously the I, Sheffield Wednesday use the iFollow service, don't they? So, so if you're going abroad for the day and yeah, you know, yeah. what do you mean? It says it's perfectly legal on that bit on the roller report. <laughs> apart from changing your building address, uh, I think all of it's legit. You can't defraud yourself. You can't. You're right. So it's, what's, it's, it's, it's what was fun watching it on i I, it was, I was out of the country yesterday, so I watched it on iFollow. <laughs> but it was like everyone's complaining, like there's no replays or no commentary. But it's that like I, that, that's what that's what it's like being at the match. it's like watching the match with locked in syndrome. So <laughs> you got like nobody to talk to around you. It's just this screen, yeah. and there you are, and there's like. It's a bit wobbly in that. No. Oh, the camera work was fantastic. We just dramatically zoomed in yeah, on the corner flags every time. Pulls. And he tried, to, he, pulls in. he tried to get a shot of our supporters celebrating when the first goal went in. It was just a roof. <laughs> it was mint. Yeah. But like the stream was so championship. It was, it was great. You can see why. You can see why maybe the club thought. Mm, not sure about that, I'd but I bet if you're in America, you're thinking I'll take that over nothing at all. Well, yeah, course. exactly. Of course, I, th- I think I think they've dropped the have, ball. They've dropped the ball. I think mm. I think the the backlash they're getting kind of. You know, reaffirms that I think. I think if you're a fan abroad and all you want to do is watch Sunderland play, you don't care if it's yeah. one camera. You yeah. don't, and you can actually add commentary if you want. You know, apparently the the BBC Newcastle audio actually runs in conjunction with the stream. So does it by all accounts, yeah. So um, it's just a shame, really, that 
that option wasn't offered to people. You know, it's all well and good saying it doesn't. It it, it was a bad deal. It, it doesn't offer value for money to to people. But at the end of the day, that that option yeah. wasn't given anybody. There was no canvassing of the support abroad to find out do you want this or would you use it if we had it. It was a decision made by marketing people at the club, and unfortunately, um, people are obviously angry that they're not able to watch games or every game. I know, I know, there's going to be some occasions when they can, and we'll have Sky and and what have you, but it's still not the same. People, people should have been given that option. I think. I think also in the fact that you've got to pay the forty-five yeah, to, just for the audio, just for the you know the for audio. An extra sixty quid, people would yeah. have definitely paid. Absolutely. I tell you, I'm looking forward to the first three o'clock Saturday game, Sheffield United, isn't it? Well, when's that like? Uh, well, it's our next home game. September or something. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Funny enough, I've just been watching that someone's uh, put the Sky footage from the playoff semi in 97, 98. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best atmosphere that, ever been in the ground. That, there's that there's some footage just really appeared on YouTube today. I was watching it. It was really that good. Was unbelievable. The atmosphere in that game was unbelievable. Right. It's been good to be back, and it's, it's nice to talk about a win. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Two more. Let's see what happens on Wednesday. I'm not, I don't want to get carried away, but my mortgage has gone on us winning the league by getting 100 points or so. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.